Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today, an expert in consciousness, the mind, and creating behavioral change. James Petrosi's insights into the human experience have been used for the past 25 years to develop marketing, sales, and coaching strategies for Fortune 500 and emerging growth organizations. A master facilitator and dynamic presenter, James utilizes his experience in talent development, creative strategy, and decades of research into the human condition to offer practical solutions that transform people's lives. James is the author of the recently released book, Know Your True Self, The Formula to Raise Human Consciousness, and James founded PTNL with the vision of creating a more consciously connected world. He is passionate about helping organizations realize their potential by implementing a holistic, proactive approach to transforming company culture by teaching humans to be human. James, so happy to have you on our podcast today. Hey, thank you so much. Excited to be here. I took a stab at introducing you, and I think folks would love to hear a little bit more about how you are currently connecting with the marketplace. What else can you tell us about James Petrosi? Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate the the kind and thorough introduction. Um, I guess I'll give it like a little backstory about how I got to PTNL. Um, You know, I started my career at a young age. My father founded a consulting company in the 90s, and I sort of grew up in the world of training and development, working with companies like 3M, Motorola, and HP. And at that age, traveling with your father, it's a lot of pressure, but it was a great learning experience. I sort of worked my way up in the company from assembling sales training manuals, thousands of them as a young kid. Eventually, I was traveling with them, facilitating, you know, breakout workshops with with sales professionals and marketing professionals. And then as I got older, I just took a more active role in the company throughout college and then after college. And I sort of reached a turning point around 2006, where, you know, after 10 years of working with your family and being in your, you know, early mid 20s, it was like, oh, my gosh, like, I sort of want to chart my own path and, and create something new. So it was mixed emotions. I, I left Sales Research Institute and my father was sick at the time. So he was going through his own transformation into retirement. And I found my way in, into becoming a talent development manager for an advertising agency. And um, I love training. I love developing. I love helping people. And um, 
it just sort of happened by accident is that for about a year, I was doing a lot of work for a major CPG company. And my experience working with marketing and sales organizations, their marketing department said, hey, this guy isn't just a trainer. He's also a strategic thinker. And I had the opportunity to sort of transition out of, I guess, my roots in talent development to get into brand strategy, creative strategy, um, and a lot of different roles in the world of advertising. I think what I liked about it the most is I've always been studying people from my days in psychology and all the positive psychology that we were integrating in all of our training and development programs in the, in the 90s and 2000s. And when I started working in brand strategy, I started getting troves of consumer data insights, knowledge. I was leading ethnographical studies. We were working with neuroscience departments. So it was almost like I think one of the challenges I always faced with helping humanity was in the world of psychology, I wasn't really good at developing the studies, but now I had like a team of people that were researchers that were really great and seeing how my work was shifting behavior. And I think when you think about advertising, it's a little bit challenging because you play in the world of desire. Um, Not all desire is good, but as time progressed and staying in that industry for about 15 years, you know, I ended up working uh, before PTNL for a, a media conglomerate. It was integrated through all aspects of culture. Think about like Fashion Week, NBA, Major League Baseball, Coachella, the list goes on. And we were working with amazing clients like Marriott, Under Armour, um, and Top Golf. And I think what was nice is to see the transition in that industry from sort of an unconsciously led desire that can somewhat, you know, if you think about what happens in advertising is you're pretty much hijacking people's consciousness to create a new desired state. But the desired state of the future where we ended uh, in the last part of my career was, you know, you think about Marriott, it was inclusivity, diversity, you know, making sure that there are no walls between us for top golf. It was really about bringing together communities. Um, and everything that we seem to be doing was really positive in nature. I reached a point where it was tough. I was at the the sort of, I guess, the top of my career. I was a senior vice president. I had an amazing team, amazing organization, and I just wasn't feeling fulfilled. And one of the reasons I wasn't feeling fulfilled is because I'd always had this ambition to develop what is now Know Your True Self. It always hasn't been called that. It's taken more, um, you know, different names over the years as I've been working on this. But uh yeah. And I started PTNL and I thought, you know, this was just a great chance for me to sort of get back to my roots and find ways to to help organizations really improve their culture, to help people raise their consciousness and to really help people in all walks of life realize their potential, um, which is really exciting for me. Well, what a fantastic background. And I've read Know Your True Self. I loved it. We'll talk about it today. And I'm also wondering, James, uh, in your bio, you talk about decades of research. And I'm wondering if any of that research work kind of found its way into Know Your True Self. So did you do research into human consciousness and self-awareness and the other aspects that make up normal, standardized human behavior? Yeah. And I think, you know, um, the research has come in different forms and fashions over the year, you know, primary and secondary research and mixing those together. I myself am not a researcher. I've always relied on, you know, real research teams to conduct the research. I think where my skill is usually distilling, analyzing, synthesizing, and my whole career has been built around um, developing true human insight, 
you know, and solving for tensions that exist for people in, in, in their lives and creating solutions and strategies and activations and training programs and customized solutions to help create behavioral change. So I'm usually on the receiving end of the research, but also helping inform what research is needed to be done. But um, it's less in the clinical sense and more in the cultural sense of research. Well, you know, there are two types of people in the world, those who do it and those who pay others. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm a person who uh, happily pays others to do the pick and axe work and then uh, analyze it and uh, bring it to people a little bit later. So the book, Know Your True Self, I love it for a number of reasons as it pertains to being brave at work, because I really think that uh, when people find an, a situation or a relationship at the workplace that is troubling them, uh, they really need to first, and they don't often do this, but first really look internally to themselves and, and try to answer the question, why is this bothering me? Why is the way the person's behaving? Why is the way this project is unroll, you know, unraveling? You know, whatever it might be that may require bravery to do something about it. You know, why is it troubling me? And certainly knowing your true self and knowing about your life, your background, your experiences to apply it to the situation sounds important. I just rambled on for a minute, but I'm just wondering, you know, when you talk about knowing your true self, maybe tell us what the purpose of the book is. You know, what is it you hope people get from reading this book? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. I think, you know, um, we're in a very unique place in evolutionary history. You look back at just the past 200 years and our population has grown billions, right? And within that time, if you just look past the past hundred years, just a hundred years ago, you know, one lifetime, only half the homes in the United States have had power, right? Now you look to where we are today and, you know, I sort of grew up, I'm 40 years old now. So I grew up in the beginning of the transformation into the digital era. And as that transformation has ushered in, um, the technologies and the innovations and social media and the connectivity we have is absolutely amazing and I'm supportive of it, but there has been some downsides to that. And I think that the challenge that a lot of people face is their consciousness has been completely hijacked and, you know, self-awareness, um, self-awareness is what makes consciousness unique for humans, right? It's our unique ability to observe our thoughts, our emotions and our behaviors before acting on them. Now, a lot, of, a lot of us go through day-to-day -day life and they're like, yeah, I'm in control of my life. I know what I'm doing. I'm making all my choices. But what we don't realize is that we have so many unconscious memories stored in our mind and our brain is built on habit and routine that 95% of what we do in our daily activities is unconscious. Now, you compound that with consciousness being hijacked. So you're left with 5%. Not 5% is your choice, right? Now, if your consciousness is hijacked and all you're doing is getting stuck in the feed all day, or all you're doing is trying to collaborate with people and you're, you know, on Slack talking with someone else, that divided attention is really a challenge for a lot of humanity. And I think in the workplace too, and just making sure that we're directing our consciousness and focusing on what the activity is at hand and how we want to make sure that we're, you know, adding value to any given situation. Well, I think uh, a few topics that you just mentioned, most of us can relate to. One is the impact of technology on our consciousness, right? And, you know, the joke is the person who's walking across the street looking at their cell phone who gets hit by a car, right? I mean, it's just right. so not absorbed with what's happening around you. And you're so caught up on this little device in your hand 
that that's your world at that moment, right? And so I think if you don't have higher self consciousness and higher self awareness as to where you are and what you're doing, you know, you're at risk of uh, you know getting run over. So I think all of us can can relate to that. Uh, you know, when you think about the relationship between self awareness and bravery in the workplace, James, uh, what kind of connections can you make? Uh, you know, to me, self awareness is a key. Uh, plays a key role in being brave in the workplace because you have to know why something is troubling you or why something's bothering you, I think, before you do something about it. But I'd love to know your thoughts and impressions of self-awareness as it pertains to bravery in the workplace. Yeah, you know, it's interesting with self-awareness in the workplace, and there's a lot of different layers that we can unpack in this discussion. I think one of them is is how easily self-awareness gets blocked You know, we talked about technology being one of those blocks. But if you think about, you know, entering the workforce, let's just look at three different layers of the organization. Let's look at someone who's new to an organization. This might be their first job. And I know in Drive Your Career, you talk about being the most curious person in the room, right? Now, if your first meeting, you said something and someone said to you, you know, that was pretty stupid for you to say or gave you a hard time. Now, all of a sudden, you have a self-awareness roadblock of fear that you face every time that you want to speak up because you're afraid that you're going to be ridiculed, ostracized, put in your place, even though it wasn't the intention of that individual to make you feel that way because they might've been operating on a low level of consciousness. Um, I think, you know, as we look at mid-level in your career, it can be challenging because another block that comes up very often is jealousy or resentment. I think it's very hard for people in larger organizations to see their peers get promoted. And all of a sudden they see someone get promoted, their self-awareness becomes deflated. They focus on how come nothing's good happening to me. And then you look at, let's go to like one step higher and look at like when we become leaders in organizations and all of a sudden, you know, Hey, it was fun to belong and be part of sort of complaining with everyone at lower levels, but now I'm at the higher level. Now I got all the power. Now I got all the authority. You're going to do what I say. And that becomes and stop your complaining, right? Stop your complaining. And that brings a big self-awareness block and just being able to harness the collective consciousness of your teams. So there's some blocks to navigate through there that I think are very important for people to recognize as they're um, sort of navigating their own transition and and growth within an organization in their career. Well, you've mentioned, I think, one of the more significant blocks for being braver in the workplace. And I think this happens at all levels. But, you know, my experience with clients have been more in mid to junior level uh, of, of an organization is really the fear of being judged or embarrassed that, uh, you know, I don't want to ask a question at a meeting, even though I don't know the answer, because I'm fear that people are going to do what you just said and roll their eyes and say, oh, my God, you know, we went over that 10 times. I can't believe you brought that up or embarrassed because somebody says that same thing, right? So we end up not saying it. And we've also had guests on our show who talk about psychological safety. And in psychological safety, you, you don't have a fear of being judged. You have a ability to be who you are, when you need to be, and nobody's going to roll their eyes, etc. So I think this belief of being judged in a bad way or being embarrassed is significant. Yeah, it's very significant. And um you know, it's, it's a challenge that many people face, especially growing in their career. And I think, you know, the best thing that you can always just focus on is what you need for your own individual growth and for your own individual growth, you do need to ask the right questions. And, you know, it's interesting. I've worked across so many different organizations and so many companies and, you know, 
every company that you go and they all have their own acronyms that they use. They all have their own language, their own jargon, their own style. And even people that are senior in the organization are afraid to ask the question of what certain things mean because they don't want to feel that way. And I feel like anytime, um, I growing up in my own career had the courage to ask what something was. Someone always says like, you know what? No one's ever asked that. And I'm glad someone did. And then someone else will raise their hand. That's a mid-level or senior level person. who's like, I didn't even know what that meant. You know, I always thought it meant something else. So I think it's sort of like by you asking a question and just being honest, what naturally happens is usually it just brings so much levity and breaks down so many barriers because you know, it just helps diffuse everyone's ego in some ways by getting down to like brass tacks of what we're all doing here is we're all trying to achieve a, a goal. And unless we're all aligned and unless we're all sharing the same belief system, we're not going to be able to do it. Well, a lot of people would say that if you have a question to ask at a meeting about something you don't understand or is unclear, probably others are the same. So they're going to actually be relieved that somebody else asked it. And that's where that levity comes from, right? That it's like, yeah. oh, I had the same question. And thank God somebody else asked it, right? But uh, I think it's not just you oftentimes, it's it's everyone. So when you think about bravery in the workplace, James, what words or phrases that you haven't shared yet kind of come to mind? Yeah, um, interesting. I mean, you just asked that and there's so many things that surface from my subconscious. Um, I think one that's really important is, is really humanity. Uh, Another is positivity, and another is definitely, uh, for me, passion. Great. So can you tell us a little bit about humanity? So why do you think of the word? Hum- so what do you mean by the word humanity, and, and what does that have to do about with being brave at work? Yeah, I think, you know, you look at uh, sometimes the true nature of humanity gets lost within you know, the direction that mainstream media and popular culture focuses on, which is jealousy, resentment, revenge, you know, complaining. If you look at the malicious, it's how, how you get ratings, right? Right. I mean, it is how you get ratings. Right. Um, but, you know, I think that there's um, a sense in some, in some people's minds, I think in general culture that we've sort of lost a sense of our humanity. And if you look at us as a species, a modern humanity, what's kept us alive is cooperation, compassion, the loving nature we have within us. Um, as a species, we're, over, we're able to overcome so much when we work together in a spirit of harmony and trust. And I think, you know, bringing that into the workplace, and this is where humanity and self-awareness come together, it's because if your self-awareness is completely blocked at any level of the organization, and all you're focusing on is, you know, what someone wrote on one of your posts that made you upset and you're in the digital world or your consciousness is blocked by something else that's going on in your life, you know, that all bleeds into the the workplace. And, you know, I've often, often said to some of my colleagues and jest when we've had meetings with certain people that have been then tough, very tough in a room. And I said, you know, I wonder if they go home and they treat their family that way. Or if this is their outlet just to like be really hard on everyone in the room. And I think, you know, there's this sort of old school mentality. And I think it evolved a little bit with um, 
hustle culture and a little bit with ignorance too. It's like to get the best out of people, you got to make them feel like their job's on the line or they could lose everything. Or if you want to inspire someone for a project, you got to put worry into them that if we don't win this, everything's going to go wrong. And, and instead like embrace the beauty of what's happening. We're involved in creation. We get to make all these wonderful things, whether they're tangible and intangible. And the best way to do that is that if you act through your true self, if you are self-aware, that's when minds link up like batteries and the cumulative power of collective consciousness really shines. And then you don't spend months working on a project and hating every moment of it. You spend a week working on it and having the time of your life and being successful at it. And if you, there's nothing you can really fail from. There's only things you can learn from and, and grow from. And I think that's sort of one of the the changes that we're facing, like right now, we're working with a lot of clients and the evolution of the workplace and what happens with workplace collaboration when people are working at home. How do we use office spaces? And I think bringing humanity back into the workplace is really a cornerstone of what the next evolution of the transformation of the workplace is going to be. Well, I love some of the words that you have used, including cooperation, compassion. You know, I would add respect. I think if people know you're coming from those places to give them feedback or to do something that might require bravery, your likelihood for success is greater than if they think you're being vindictive or petty, uh, et cetera. So James, I just wanted to offer you something that I've not ever offered any guest on this podcast, which is I'd love to have you come back and be on another podcast where we can talk a little bit more about teaching humans to be human and how we really can relate that to bravery, because I believe bravery is a core aspect of humanity that we all need to do more of than we are. And I think you have a lot of thoughts and ideas on how we can do that. Yeah, I mean, that would be wonderful. I, I'd love to continue the discussion on that. It's such a, a rich topic and such a topical topic that I don't think a lot of people are actually thinking about. A lot of people are thinking about how do we get back to the way things were, not how do we evolve and change? Because we're going through, I mean, I look at what's happened over the past year and I think it, it's the biggest opportunity humanity has had in a long time to learn and grow and change and evolve. And it's right for the pick and it's up to us. It's up to us to usher in the new era of consciousness. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to having you back as a guest that kind of pick up our conversation and continue to talk about how to really bring together self-awareness bravery and really teaching humans to be human, a phrase that you use in your business. James, if people want to get in touch with you or reach out to talk about your book or the work that you're doing, how can they best do that? Yeah, that would be great. Uh, the book's available online at all major retailers. Um, so just please check out Know Your True Self, uh, the formula to raise human consciousness. To connect with me, I keep a minimal uh, social media presence, so you can connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, James Petrassi, or uh, feel free to visit ptnl.com, and uh, you can connect with me through there as well. Great. So you're unlikely to be struck by a vehicle with your head down looking at your uh, cell phone as you're crossing I'm, the street. I'm likely to have a cell phone in my pocket if I'm walking down the street. <laughs> well, James, thank you again so much for spending time with us. It was great speaking with you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and our download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. 
whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Ride Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, electronically, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.